Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. I think it's the complete creative freedom I have with that. So for me, having a blank canvas or a blank mixed media paper, whatever background it is I use for my art making, then that's a world of endless opportunities for me. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 189. In this episode, I'm joined by Felicitas Meyer to chat about the role of mixed media and her creative process, as well as the connections between art making and memory keeping. Hey, Felicitas, I'm so glad to talk to you today. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jennifer. <laughs> so nice to be here. Yeah. Yes, I'm looking forward to our conversation. I've admired your work for so long. Could you share a little bit about yourself to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. My name is Felicitas Meyer. I'm a mixed media artist and instructor from the beautiful south of Germany. My husband, Stefan, and I, we just bought our forever home. And um, we, over the last couple of months, we uh, moved in and I was busy with renovations and building a home so that... Uh, it's what I shared most, I think, in the last couple of months. Um, yeah, but work-wise, I've been self-employed in the memory-keeping industry since 2011 now. I taught um, scrapbooking and mixed-media in-person workshops, but also online classes. Uh, for a bit, I published, I had a scrapbooking magazine, and then I, over four or five years I had my own stamp shop, designed my own products. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. Now, I'm curious with your, your home renovations, yeah. are you documenting that process? Is that part of your scrapbooking? <sighs> Not as much as it should be, probably. I took all the photos. It's hard, yeah. 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 <laughs> I took photos and videos, um, but I hadn't got the time yet to document properly. But they're all there. So if you have the photos, I think, um, yeah. There's still time to to document and bring it down uh, from the camera to paper, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. So what's exciting you right now in memory keeping? It really could be anything yeah. at all. I just recently uh, fell back in love with pocket page scrapbooking with Project Life. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, for, I did Project Life for the first time around 2012, I think. That's when it all came up and was all the hype. And I did all the formats. I did it weekly. I tried it monthly, everything. And then since 
this specific memory keeping project was part of when I had my stamp shop and it was part of the promotion and selling the stamps. And so um, it felt like a, a chore and I fell mm. out of it uh, with love. So I think, and then I usually make another attempt um, at the beginning of the year like with the resolution and all of, oh, you get back into <laughs> pocket page scrapbooking and then it just fizzles out. And, but I recently, I think it was in July, I started again and now I'm, I, I, I really like how, um, how it easy it is to document a big amount of time and photos in these pockets. I totally forgot about it. And the simplicity of this documenting style with just my photos and a little bit of embellishing, usually the things I have laying around on my table from my mixed media or something like that. And uh, yeah, I just fell in love with it back again. And now I'm all, uh, I did all July. I then started with August and went back to June. Now I'm all over the place, but I'm having fun while doing it. So I think it's good. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. No, that's definitely good. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what size of pages are you doing? I work in a 9x12 album right now. And I my go-to pocket page is the 9 times uh, 3x4 pockets. That's what... Oh, yeah. okay. So you love the 3x4 size. Yeah, this is my all-time favorite size. I don't know. Vertical photo, and this is the perfect size for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. I wonder if I kind of these tweaks are what's mm -hmm. really making it work for you compared to 2012 and everywhere in between. Yeah, I think the nine pockets um, give me the freedom to, or the possibilities to include more, I think, beside the photos, like with mm -hmm. a mixed media card or something. And it's a, it's a colorful addition to my photos, I think. And I really like colorful and vibrant things. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. We'll definitely link up an example in the show notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we also love to ask our guests about their memory keeping bucket list. Mm -hmm. So this is a story that feels important to tell, yeah. but for some reason you haven't done it yet. Yeah, I think this would be the story of myself. And I usually the story of who I am and what got me up to here, I think would be because I usually... Mm -hmm when I do project live or also in uh, in a story album kind of project, I usually talk about my everyday things, what happened today, what we did this week, our out and a bounce, but I um, not often go deep into documenting feelings, my own feelings and telling stories of myself, if that makes sense. It does. I, I do think you do that though. So maybe you're not Actually. giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm, I have to say I got better the last couple of years. Um, okay, okay. Right when my, I think we will talk about that later when my mental health got better. So I felt more mm -hmm. comfortable with sharing uh, more of myself. But in previous years, um, I not just, so much. Nah, I just felt that I'm not enough as a person to share that. Uh -huh. And okay. I know that's deeply, and uh, this is, I think the first time I told this so semi-publicly, um, this is deeply rooted in my husband and I's infertility journey um, that we did uh, five or six years, I think. And that 
it was not possible for us to start a family. And mm -hmm. so there's a whole lot of self-worth issue rooted in that. And also with me working in an industry that basically has family and kids as a centerstone of keeping these memories, I always feel yes. there is no place for myself here because I only, in air quotations, have to share what, like, what happened today, like, why I had, uh, what I had for lunch. Um, so yeah, I think. But I'm also, yeah, I'm I'm not good at documenting the bad stuff, which would be part of my story. Documenting Certainly. what happened um, with us as in, as a couple, but also within our whole family. Um, so I, yeah, I usually stick to the everyday stuff, and I think I, since I'm now uh, working on all these things with my mental health, I think I'm ready, and I'm I'm more open to share this and document this yeah so you kind of have a backlog of mm, feelings to yeah. express mm -hmm. <laughs> yes yes i think that happens a lot when we go through something and we, we just don't feel ready yeah. to express it whether it's with through our art or through our words or even our photos mm -hmm. and we have to get to that other side yeah, yeah. to be able to let it go let it out it, it takes some time like uh, a couple of years ago, I was not ready to document that stuff, but I now feel I'm I'm getting better, and it's easier to talk about it and to to tell. There's no shame in that. And I, uh, in previous years, I often saw this as a shameful thing due to this industry and and what we are documenting. And so, yeah, yeah. Well, I really um, want to celebrate your bravery <laughs> in facing it yourself and sharing it with us. Yeah, so, thank you. Course, yeah. So before we learn more about you as a mixed media mm. art artist, I want to give our listeners just a little uh, teaser about what makes you tick. Um, because right now at Simple Scrapper, we're talking about projects. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, what helps you finish your projects? <laughs> That's uh, deadlines and commitments. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hear that a lot. That's yeah. okay. I'm a big procrastinator, I think. I would, but just not because I'm lazy. Uh, but speaking of self-worth issues, it's more that I don't trust myself with decision making. And mm. I always doubt myself if this is the best decision I could make. Is this the perfect way I could do this? And because I can't decide, I then don't finish or commit. So I put it on the list for tomorrow or next week. And that's, that usually, yeah, that's a problem. It's not a problem with um, with creative work commitments like um, for one little word or something like that. Uh, I don't have a problem with finishing that just because I know there are people who count on me or are actually interested to hear what I have to say. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I think also accountability is a really big thing for me, and I'm learning to use that to my advantage because. Once I've told someone about creative plans or projects I want to tackle, I have no problems to do them or to finish them. So, yeah, I think that's help, yes. that helps me a lot. I, yeah, I think it, it takes – I was very resistant mm. to it for a long time, thinking I want the freedom to – choose what I want to do in the moment yeah. if I don't want to do it. I don't want somebody to tell me to do it or remind me to do yeah. it. 
but then recognizing how much that accountability helps is huge. Yeah. I'm just learning that. I just got into it and shared a few things with friends, like with work stuff. And, and yeah, mm -hmm. so that helps me. And I, it's not that they're, um, they're upset with me or if I don't, it's just, yeah, that's someone out there who's interested in what I'm doing or what I'm working on. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes a difference for sure. Yeah. So I wanted to have you on the show, of course, to talk about incorporating mixed media art into your scrapbooking projects. And it sounds like you're doing that with your project life this year. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious how you in particular define mixed media because, you know, everyone, it's a very, it's a broad term. Yeah. So what supplies and techniques are part of your specific process? I think in terms of mixed media and memory keeping, I would say it's just a combination of different things that you create your project with. Like for me, if you use a baker's twine or a piece of fabric and then maybe have a little bit of watercolor in your background, then this is you using mixed or different media. So for me, I would count, I would count it totally as mixed media. It doesn't have to be complicated to, um, to, it's just creative exploration, I think. I would say in my art making, like when I create in my art journaling, for example, I, I say it's a little bit different than I would define it like with mixed media is me working with acrylic paints or oil pastels or watercolor pencils and spray paint and all that stuff. Yeah. One, I'm curious, like kind of maybe the mental separation between those mm -hmm. projects and then how, where do they end up overlapping? Yeah. Um, like it sounds like you cut like like if you've you've painted something, even if it could be like the the under the underlayment, you know, you'll yeah. cut that up and use that in a project. I later. think it comes from um, in the early stages of me getting into mixed media, um, and I come from a very, I think, clean and simple scrapbooking style. I like that having mm -hmm. clean, and I like to have. Um, like have it bold or typography things on there, not that uh, mixed with paint or something. But when I got into mixed media, um, I always, and I think you mentioned that also, I could not combine these two worlds together. And I think for me, it's easier to think of them <laughs> as two separate things where I also can, where I have two different definitions for, for that. Although they usually end up uh, together, like with my project life, I am working on my desk where I did some art making for recharging energy and stuff before. And then there's just a, an art paper laying on my desk and, or like I did a mixed media greeting card for someone in my family. And there was just the art paper, a snippets of the art paper left. And I used that as a, a filler card for my project life then. So I think I don't, I usually don't um, create mixed media pieces specifically for my memory keeping, but I use everything that I do in my art making or in my art journaling and um, bring that into my world of memory keeping or in project life this year. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So is it accurate to say that you don't sit down and take a 12 by 12 and then make a background for a layout with paint and things like I that? I have done that, but... 
I think the motivation from that comes, oh, yes, I just want to sit down and play and then mm -hmm. create the art paper and then see or a mixed media background, if you want to call it like that, uh, and then sure. uh, and then use it for memory keeping. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of very different experiences for you. Yeah. I think it comes from because memory keeping itself, like classic project life or classic um a, a scrapbooking layout type of project these mm -hmm. are in in my head they're still part of my work from my sh uh, stamp owner shop experiences part of things i have to do and have to promote products with mm -hmm. and they became back then they went from um, a hobby and a, a, a thing that i got energy back from into a, a, a chore from like having a job I have to do with them. And mm -hmm. so I think, yeah, that's, I think that's why I usually don't, I, I had a hard time with doing strictly memory keeping things for as my free time pleasurement. So yeah, that's usually the oh, art making okay. thing. Yeah. But I just, I'm getting back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it sounds like that, that your pocket pages are really helping mm -hmm. to find those connections together and help you kind of reclaim uh, your own excitement for Yeah, because these little the pockets, the three by four, are perfect just to fill them up with anything you have, <laughs> you have there. It could be a photo, it could be a snippets from my art making. Yeah, everything goes. <laughs> So I'm curious, when you are making art, regardless of, mm. kind of what the destination is for it, what about that gives you so much joy? I think it's the total, the complete creative freedom I have with that. So for me, having a blank canvas or a blank mixed media paper, whatever background it is I use for my art making, then that's a world of endless opportunities for me. And a never-ending project. And because all my art making is very process-based, there's a beginning, sure, you somewhere have to start. Um, but there's usually no end. And I don't know where I end up. I usually just sit down, have my paints around me or my other mediums, my water-soluble crayons or whatever, and then just sit down and play and explore what's possible. And my project's never feel finished i could build a layer and layer after layer and so i sometimes or very often have to forcefully remove myself from the project just because <laughs> it's so much fun to play and explore yeah and i think that's very much joy yeah do you and i, I asked this question from my personal experience yeah. do you find that making art helps you escape kind of perfectionism that you may naturally gravitate towards with, because you mentioned yeah. you like clean lines and typography and um, like the opposite of that is, you know, abstract. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know why the, me having this difficult indecision-making in art, I don't, I just, I know it. I, there's a feeling of, this I can do, this I know how to do, and I know I'm good mm. at that in a general sense, I guess, 
or a very objective, so, so subjective sense. And also, I know there is no, uh, if I don't like it, I just take a, a white paint and paint it over and just start on you. I don't know, but yeah. this, this gives me so much freedom and, and, and joy, I think. Yeah. So do you say that you are more gentle with yourself when it comes to making art mm -hmm. than making memory keeping pages? I think so, yes. Because mm. for me, especially with um, lots of my projects are abstract art making or abstract mm -hmm. map making. And there's no comparison for that. There is abstract can be whatever you want it to be. And there is no, if you, if I say to you, this is a abstract flower I create with that one line, then it is one. And you cannot uh, say it isn't because that's all in the eye of the beholder, what abstract art is. And then yes. I think in, um, with memory keeping, also with social media and Instagram photos, you usually like I w was in uh, creative teams and there's always so, so many products you have to promote and, and you can, you have to highlight and stuff. And, and there's so much comparison also for what you can do with a project uh, with those products. And if you, I often feel, Oh, that there are so many, ideas out there what you can do with these products and these people are well they spend time with promoting these products and and thinking about thousand and one way to highlight them what's because that's their job or their that's why they're on these teams um but for me it's often gives me a well this is a, a great idea why did i not uh, think about that mm -hmm. yeah Yes, I think you're not alone in that, mm -hmm. um, whether you're on a creative team or just uh, using the products as part of your hobby. Yeah. So um, we, we've talked about that you've been very open with your mental health struggles, mm -hmm. particularly I've been in the One Little Word classroom the past two years and you've shared a lot there. Would you say that art is part of your self-care? Definitely, yeah. It's because of the, the creative freedom, but I also feel safe there. This mm -hmm. is such a big part of my self-care just to sit down after a hectic day or we just came back from vacation and I I had a few uh, art items with me but I didn't use them and so I really enjoyed sitting down on my uh, on my craft desk here table and just went back into making because that's what I love and that's what I do And also what we talked about earlier, I have no self-doubt in, in that area, mm -hmm. no anxiety about decision-making or it's just creative freedom and creative play with, um, yeah, what brings me so joy. Yeah. Now I'm curious, where, where do you think that confidence came from? Do you have any like formal training or have you just been making art all your life in addition to yeah. like the fact that it is abstracted free and nobody can judge it? <laughs> um, curious about kind yeah. of your history. Yeah. Both. I think I had a very creative upbringing, an art, artful, artsy upbringing. Don't know the word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my mom was always a um, big supporter of us, me and my sister, with art making and doing all the holiday crafts and all that stuff. And then when I was older, I uh, went into painting. I, as much as it was possible, my my grandma recorded 
Bob Ross painting sessions for me <laughs> on the VCR. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I went into that and then somehow found QVC. And someone on there promoted Tim Holzer's uh, Distress Inks. And that was the downfall. <laughs> Oh, from back there, yeah. And then I just went on the internet and, uh, yeah, found uh, American paper crafting and scrapbooking blogs and mixed media people who shared their art. And, yeah, so I came back into that. But I'm also a um, trained graphic designer. So okay. I am, uh, yeah, I once learned what color theory is and all the golden rule of third or what is, yeah, all that stuff. So I think it helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned that you've had trouble kind of bringing together your art and your memory keeping mm -hmm. in the past. Now, am I remembering correctly that this past, like last year's December Daily, you did a mixed media December Daily? Yeah. Yeah. How did that experience work for you? How did it feel? Um, I was thinking about that recently as the new December Daily uh, season began. Um, mm -hmm. And I finished that that project I don't think I will do it again because for that project and keeping the memories of that special holiday season, I think it was not, I did not enough journaling with, um, with my art making and putting the photo in there. So, um, it was okay because it was uh, a 24 day challenge for me making art in a row. That's, <laughs> that was quite interesting. But yeah, I think. December Daily would be probably better with, for me, for my personal memory keeping with more classical scrapbooking, memory keeping, pocket page, whatever. Yeah. So what are you thinking about for this year? Oh, I haven't decided yet if I, if <laughs> I want to join again. Okay. Okay. I did it for, That's fair yeah, too. I did it for the last two years in a row and I did both projects and recorded both projects every day with a video. So, and that's on, I think just on, on my YouTube channel. And so, uh, last year, I think just Instagram. I can't remember, but that was hard. And, uh, yeah, I'm, that's the commitment thing again. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. not sure if I want to commit to maybe like, maybe I'm doing like a 12 days of Christmas thing. That's, and then keep on doing if I manage to do that. Yeah. I wonder if, um, like, what other kind of accountability besides making the videos mm -hmm. you could build in so that you don't feel that pressure of making the videos? Yeah. Like, only make a video at the end. Like, or one mm -hmm. at the beginning saying, here's what I'm going to do. And at the end, here I finished. And then just share photos in between. I'm, I'm <laughs> not trying to... <laughs> give you therapy or coach you no that's, that's good advice that's actually <laughs> I never thought of that because I so again with me coming from uh, having a stamp shop or promote uh, promoting mm -hmm. products there it's is work it's yeah. work and you have to do the daily thing uh, well not have actually have to but it feels like that's the best way to share and promote and um yeah I think I have to yeah I have to consider maybe going on a different approach this year. Yeah, for sure. Sounds like there's opportunities and possibilities mm -hmm. there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned you're doing nine by twelve pocket pages. Yeah. I know you've been working in 
smaller books, like handmade books for your, your art journaling, yeah. other, other sizes and formats that you've been working in? Well, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, well, art journaling is, I, I really like working on the, in these small sizes, like, um, a, a four by six format, if you will, for art journaling, because that's the easy, that's a very, I have very, I can get, um, fast to results. The, mm. the spread is so, uh, so fast, uh, quick done. Um, so yeah, I, uh, but with the handmade, um, uh, journals, uh, that's usually just, I, I try to keep it around that size, around that four by six, but sometimes the papers are just a little bit bigger or I, just made, I had a, well, I collected a few papers that laying around here and just mm-hmm. put them beside two bigger cardstock, uh, thicker cardstock bases and then put a binding ring between them. So yeah, it's just what, what, what's there, I think. Yeah. Oh, and I and had, so, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I had, um, I have one, uh, a story album that is six by eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you do, um, six by eight layouts outside the page protector? Do you do pockets or all of those? In the story album, that's usually outside of the pockets. Like I, mm-hmm. I started it, I think two years ago with these mixed media backgrounds and stuff. So that mm-hmm. is the sex bed. Yeah. And that's usually all outside of the pockets, like a regular scrapbook, I think. Yeah. And so um, going back to what we mentioned earlier, typically you're finding art or a piece of art that you've made previously and use, choosing to use that as the background and building on top of that. Yeah. yeah because I have okay, a messy okay. desk. And I usually, yes. <laughs> there's usually all kinds of leftovers right from when I did the card. There's just the snippets that I, that didn't, um, that I didn't use for the card. And so these are, these, I will save these for, for the pocket pages. Like you can use a, I don't know, one inch stripe of mixed media paper and put it on a three by four, uh, card. Mm-hmm. And then you have a perfect journaling card. Yeah. Yeah, I love how you've been able to combine these in your own way mm-hmm. that like uh, celebrates the imperfection of the painting, yeah. but then, you know, trims it into a rectangle <laughs> and makes it precise for your scrapbooking yeah. because you have that designer's eye on it yeah. too. And it's also the other way around. I use the leftover photos I have for my memory keeping, like selfies or when my printer didn't work or I have doubles. I use these in my art journal. I really like to oh, yes. cut them out and um, just put myself on the art journal pages because I'm working on uh, incorporating myself more into my art making. Yeah. So is it accurate to say that it's it's rare that you're going to use wet media on a small scrapbook page or in your pocket pages? Things have already dried by the time you get to them for scrapbooking. Usually, yes, because I usually do all the messy and wet stuff before yeah. I glue photos or journaling spots or tags or labels on top of that. But I also worked with um having a background photo and then just painted over them. Mm. I know there's 
you have to have the 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 perfect consistency of paint. It doesn't have it can't be too wet because also your paper would crumble. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm usually I I like the messiness of everything. And I don't mind having some splatters over photos or if the photo just warps a little bit from uh, a wet medium. So, uh, but I usually, when I'm working with wet media, I usually cover faces of people in photos so that these are. You don't get a weird blob. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Especially with red color or something like that. (laughs) Could easily look um, weird. So, yeah, but I, yeah, I I don't mind having paint stains on the rest of the body on the photos or so. Yeah. Yeah, because I think using, let's just say wet stuff in general can be intimidating to a beginner. Mm. Do you have any other tips that would help someone feel more confident, comfortable? Depending on, I think it depends on what you would count as wet media. No, just anything that's, you know, watercolor, even acrylic paint, um, inks. You know, I think even just the splattering and Mm, misting can sometimes be intimidating because, you know, is it going to go the way I want it to go? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's something I really learned early to let go of perfection in mixed media. Mm The splatters go where the splatters want to go. You don't control them. Same as watercolor. It flows mm-hmm. where just the water is. And, um, yeah. But, uh, in terms of working with photos, I have made the experience that when I print photos online and they were sent to me with a regular real photo paper, these, these papers are usually protected with a thin foil or something on top of, or the photo paper is, um, very, um, slick and these usually hold, can handle the water or the wetness of the media compared to a, what I usually work with, um, a matte photo paper. So mm-hmm. paint and all wet stuff would soak in. So I think you have to keep that in mind. What's, also, I think would work is covering your photo with what's called matte medium, translucent medium gel that would cover your everything underneath, also the photos, or with transparent gesso, which is a primer that you usually use when you start a painting. So that would all um, keep your photos safe and then also create a layer on top of that that you could uh, wipe off paint from. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I know that I've, this was years ago now, but I had a photo that came from Persnickety Prince mm-hmm. and they always advertise how waterproof their paper is. Okay. And I had done some painting on it and I did not like it at all. Mm-hmm. And so I took it to the sink and completely rinsed it off and you could not tell that anything had ever happened to the photo. So I think that's a, yeah. that's a great tip for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I saw you mention recently that you're working on a class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm curious if you could share a little bit more about it and that what kind of myths about mixed media do you hope to to bust or demystify yeah. with the class? Yeah. So me talking about that class is kind of the accountability thing we talked earlier about <laughs> it because I'm working on that since like for almost well it's over a, a half a year or something and okay. I <sighs> 
I'm looking at my my pack of projects I want to do as a class, and I literally made 15 or 16 versions of a project that that I never felt good enough to have as a class because that's with the decision making and it's it's not good enough that's not perfect enough and I can't let it go and I can't decide what this is the class I'm doing so um I recently made a decision I just start talking about it and then I have to mm -hmm. commit and uh, it will be okay it won't be perfect because yes. it's never perfect and I have to let that go but um I think people will will still enjoy getting their paints out or playing with colors and paints and marks and layers. So, um, yeah, because that's, I, I heavily believe in empowering people to explore their own creative potential because often people tell me in my Instagram DMs, oh, I could never do this. And this looks so complicated to do. And, I usually say it's well okay okay of course I I did this for years it's not difficult to me but I also feel you could if you just have basic art knowledge like with color theory if you know what you will get once you mix color 1 with color mm -hmm. 2 and go from there and just go on and explore colors with that knowledge or Uh, how different mediums, uh, media react uh, once you put them together or how you build up layers that, that you won't lose vibrancy or you don't add, end up with a brown mud on your page. <laughs> I think th this is basic knowledge that would help and uh, that people can go on their own creative exploration, which is the most fun, I think. And it's also good for creating and finding your own style i think and just explore what you like and if you don't like it then don't do it again but it helps if you have done something that you can say afterwards well i didn't like that i won't do that again or if you say well that was cool i want to do more of that so mm -hmm. yeah well that sounds awesome i wish you lots of luck as you continue working on that <laughs> thank <And> you I, <laughs> uh, yeah i'm excited that you decided to to share it with the world yeah. as an accountability strategy. Yeah, thank you. Can you share where we can find you online? And is there anything else that you're going to be working on towards the rest of this year? Yeah. So I have a website, which is felicitasmeyer.com, that I neglected a little bit. I started to blog there, but it just fizzled out. But um, yeah, I'm also on Instagram and YouTube, both with my name And I, well, to find me is, I think I'm a proud member of the One Little World community. I really like these people and I just were well, telling the team that I have so much joy checking up with them monthly. And we have these creative these Zoom calls that Ellie does each month. And I, that's, I'm getting so much out of, um, the whole project and the workshop and the community around One Little World. So that's, That's a good place to find me, I think. Yeah. You also spend time at Get Messy, right? Yeah. I have a mini course, if you will, in the Get Messy art journaling community. And I also, I'm also in the Get Messy book that just came out this year. 
which is a great oh, inspiration fun. for everyone who is interested in art journaling or mixed media or exploring just a little bit more with paint and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and I also just... um I had an announcement that I'm part of the teachers team of Wanderlust 2023, which is also a year-long art journaling mixed media course that you can sign up for. I will give you my affiliate link if you would like to into put that down somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. We will include that in the show notes. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. And then also yes. there's a sign up on the bio on my Instagram for the I put up um, an email list for my course because you never know when it's happened. So, but if you're interested in that, please <laughs> sign up for that <laughs> to keep you in the loop. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you can have more people on, you know, list keeping you accountable. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been so fun. I've enjoyed getting to know you better. Thank you for sharing so honestly with us today. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. That's really awesome. I really like your podcast and it's great. It is great company uh, to have uh, to listen to your episodes while I'm making art. Yeah. Oh, thank <laughs> you. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.